marries the Frenchman, and she has a baby. But French Revolution, the Frenchman is an aristocrat, he's imprisoned, and he is sentenced to die. Sidney gets into the prison, he's an Englishman, he can, he has access. He goes to Charles and he says, let me take your place. And Charles says, are you mad? Sidney drugs him, gets him out, and waits in the cell. Who dies for their opponent? Who chooses to do that? that? Upside down kingdom. In 2018, Terry and I joined full-time eldership. Terry's a qualified lawyer, if you don't know. I'm a statistician with an MBA, and God called us to full-time eldership. Dear friends, family said, you're mad. It does not make sense. You have a son about to start a medical degree, six years of study. You have a daughter who wants to study. Are you mad? You know, the church doesn't pay much. (laughs) We wrestled with God. We chose to trust God. Please say, my, husband, my son is now a fully qualified, he's, he's, he's done his, his specialization, Bronwyn is, has, did a four-year degree. It's another story how that all happened, God. We live in an upside-down kingdom. The world says, look after you. You're number one. Take control of your destiny. The only way to happiness, money, fame, stand on others, do what you can, get, 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 doesn't it? constantly. You're not beautiful enough. You're not rich enough. You're not going to make it. How can you be happy? That's the world's way. The Bible is full of examples. One of my favorite in the Old Testament is Micah. You have to look right down in 2 Chronicles chapter 18. Not very much on him. King Jehoshaphat and King Ahab, Israel and, and Judea are saying, let's go and fight Syria. And all prophets, 400 of them, 400 Yes, yes, sacrificing, yes. God says you're going to win, you're going to come back, you're going to conquer the Syrians. Jehoshaphat says, I want to ask one more person. The guy who doesn't always agree. Micah comes and he says, you're all wrong, you're lying. God has sent a lying spirit and you are lying. He is disdained. He is put in prison, he's put on meager rations. You know nothing. He was right. King of Ahab was killed in that battle. We live in an upside-down kingdom. God, Jesus Christ, equality with God, King of kings, Lord of lords, omniscient, omnipotent God, comes down to earth as a man, suffers abominably, despised, rejected, dies, and then is glorified. We're called to live in an upside-down kingdom. Last week, we we read about John. uh, John, we didn't. We read in John. We read about how Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda, and he took one man out of all those people, and he suddenly, powerfully, miraculously, unexpectedly, directly healed that man. He'd been an invalid for 38 years. Can you imagine what that man's life became? I mean, how do you change from not being able to do a thing for yourself? You can walk. 
totally turned upside down. Let's continue. Turn with me to John chapter 5, and I'm starting at verse 16. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father is working until now, and I am working. That was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Verse 19, so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing and greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son. Verse 23, that all may honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. My first point today, Jesus is unashamedly, in this portion of Scripture, claiming to be God. He is God. And if you look at the verses, just to show you where he's saying it, verse 17, he shows us that he is creator. In the beginning was, the, in the beginning was nothing. And the Spirit of God hovered. And he spoke. Jesus was there. My father is working until now, and I am working. We know that God created for six days, and then it says he rested on the seventh day. He's still in that rest. Is he doing nothing? No, he's working. He's finished his creating, that original creation, but he's working. He's sustaining and just as the Father is sustaining life, Jesus is sustaining life today. He said, I'm sustaining, I'm working. I've just raised this dude from the dead, from the from paralytic. It's healed him. He says, I'm the son. Verse 19. The son, the son can do nothing. Not a son. The son. And for the Jews, this was very significant because the, your firstborn son, or only son, if it happened to be, received everything, everything, your name, your wealth, whatever, he received it. He became, if you like, equal with the Father in every way. So Jesus is saying, I am equal with my Father. He and I are one. He says in verse 21, he gives life. He says, I will give life to whom I will. I give life. Only God can give life. Jesus is saying, I give life. He then, fourthly says, verse 22, all judgment has been given to the Son. 
It says, God, Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. So why does it talk about judging? Because he will judge those who don't choose him. He will. And God has given him, that's his, one of his work. He's going to be judging us. We were going to stand before him at the great white throne judgment one day. If you don't know about that, come next week to theology. We'll be talking all about those things. He, verse 23, he deserves our honor. Wasn't the worship sweet today? He deserves it. He demands it. Because he is God. We cannot worship anything that is created. I loved how Sonia spoke about they, people almost worshiping the sun, the sun coming up, the beautiful sunset. We don't worship the S-U-N. We worship the S-O-N. At the end of Revelation... When John, after John, the same writer, has on the island of Patmos, and he's had all these weird visions. Go and read Revelation. Anyone who says they're studying Revelation, I'm like, good luck to you. It is so packed with allegorism, and it's interpreted in so many different ways. God will show us one day how it all's meant to be. But right at the end, he's seen all this, and this angel's taken him from here to here and showed him this and showed him oh, amazing things. Revelation chapter 22, verse 8 and 9, says, I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. He is so overawed. Verse 9, but he, the angel, said to me, you must not do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book, i.e., you and me, worship God. Worship God. We are called to worship God. Coming not just on a Sunday. We are called to worship him in every way with our lives. We're called to live upside down lives. We're called to worship there's no other response to this. He is God. And then in these verses, he shows us the way. How do I live an upside-down life? I love in The Chosen, if you've watched The Chosen, the beginning video, have you watched it? You've got all these little fishies all swimming in one direction. And then one turns. And then another turns. That's us, guys. We're going in the opposite direction to everybody else. Have you seen this new movie, Cry for Freedom, which is exposing human trafficking? It's not woke. Everyone's, the media's hating it because it shows the truth. It's against, it's an upside down. And God is speaking. It's so exciting. Please, can it come to South Africa? Verse 19, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you and me, saying to you, Shane to you, Candace, he's saying to you, each one, Elisa, Casey, he's saying to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. He, Jesus says, I'm, 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 I'm equal with God. This is who I am. But I'm here on earth, human, 
And I cannot do a thing without the Father telling me. Not a thing. And then he goes on and he says, the Father loves the Son. That quote came out today. Jesus, God, Father, Holy Spirit loves us. And he wants to show us. He wants to show us everything. Do you and I have a similar communication with God? Every day, all day. This great love shown to us, are we communicating? Communication needs love, doesn't it? I mean, you know when you're first in love, and I hope you continue it, but you, you WhatsApp, and you, you, know, you want to tell your little letters, and you just keep in contact. And if that person doesn't WhatsApp for two hours, it's like, he doesn't love me, oh, what's happened? <laughs> yes, I know ladies do that. Do you guys do that too? I haven't heard for her for three hours. <laughs> we need to communicate, guys. When was the last time you communicated with God? All the time. I know you know this, but I just felt this is what God wants to remind us. In Philippians 2, that most glorious chapter, portion, where Paul writes, Jesus did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross. There's the key for us. How? How? I try and I try and I come to church and I read my Bible and I pray, but I can't hear God. I'm trying, but how? The key is the cross. The key is understanding fundamentally, and I don't think I still yet understand, but I want to understand more and more, the weight of my sin, the debt that I owe to God because I am so unholy and he is holy. But Jesus comes, takes the form of a man, God comes, and he pays my debt. He takes my penalty. He wants to. It's the greatest upside-down story. Someone so powerful, God, dies in my place. People say, oh, why can't we just get to God the way that we want to get to God? Our way. Because they don't have Jesus. They don't have someone God, not someone, God who died in love for them. That is why Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It is woke to believe whatever you want to believe whenever you want to believe. It's wrong. It will never be right. Jesus is the only way. The cross is the crux, absolute crux. And it's how we can live in this open communication with our God. The fundamental fact is if you do not accept this, but I'm not that bad, Lainey. 
How can you say I'm a sinner? How can you call yourself a sinner? Look at you, this old white-haired lady. What do you think? That's sin. I sin all the time. Oh, but she's such a sweet, she's, oh, they're such good people. Who, it doesn't make a difference. Unless you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, unless you say, yes, I understand this, I need this, I, whoever you are, put your name in there. I need the cross, and I don't know everyone here, but I trust that every single one of you has made that decision for yourself, whether your mother, your brother, your sister, your auntie, your uncle, whatever is Christian, doesn't make you a Christian until you do it for yourself, personally. And I urge you, if you have not done that, Step of faith, and it is faith. Please do it today. But many of you, like me, are Christian, and we've been Christian a long time. But I know I still don't get this open communication, doing what God says and not doing my way. Because, you know, sometimes my way seems so good. And I'm so busy, I haven't got time to talk to God. I just need to do it. God, come on, get on with the party here. How do we live this way? Jesus said, I do nothing unless what my father tells me. But Lainey, this is the modern world. We can't live like that anymore. Yes, we can. The only way to a life of courage, the only way to a life of contentment, the only way is God's way. Paul says, I have learned to be content in all circumstances. He writes that when he's in prison. Roman prisons were yucky places. I have learned to be content. I have learned to be content. When I was in my 20s, I, I wished I had them, but I, I looked at myself, do I keep it? I keep, I love books, as you know, because I always talk about books. There's a guy called Ted Detta. Ted, Ted Decker. If you like sort of science fiction Christian stuff, he's the man for you. I used to read him avidly in, in my 20s. And he wrote of four books, uh, black, you just think black, red, white, green. They're weird, eh? <laughs> I warn you in advance. But they're an, a bit like Tolkien and, and the whole Lord of the Rings. And uh, he creates this whole world, and he, he is sort of using, showing the Christian way through this very unusual um, story. And the one thing, I don't remember much of it except thinking, this is so weird, but there's one little chapter that I remember so fundamentally, and then when I was preparing this, I remembered it again. There's a time where this character, the main character, he's, he's, sort of, he's now born again, as we would understand it, and it's about just, just plunging, you know, just getting all involved. You know, just, just okay, I'm, I'm in, I'm in, thoroughly. And he, has, and he sees everyone jumping into this big lake, and they're having such a wonderful time, and they go down and they stay down. He says, I can't do that. If I do that, I'm, I can't breathe. I'm not a fish. I've got lungs. I'll die. I can't survive like that. But he just sees the joy and the fun that everyone's having, and he jumps in. It's just a such a beautiful description. I wish I've got to find that book because I just love that chapter. And he just says, I could breathe. I could live. And that's what it's like when we plunge in. The only way is to just, but it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make economic sense. It doesn't make any sense. Plunge in. You will be able to breathe. You will be able to live. 
Jesus was fully submitted to his father's will. Fully submitted to his father's will. And I, I, we, I just want to give us three ideas of what it means to submit. Firstly, it involves wrestling. It's not easy. <laughs> if it's easy, it's probably not the Father's will. Just saying, <laughs> my experience. Jacob, when he eventually met Esau, he's on the side of the Jabbok River, and he, it's, we learn he wrestles with God. It's an amorphism. He, it's a, 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 a God sort of, he, I believe he wrestles with Jesus. But anyway, he wrestles with God. And he, his name is changed from Jacob, which means supplanter or one who overreaches, to Israel, which is Prince of God. He wrestles the whole night. He gets his hip put out of joint as a result. He lives with that hip for the rest of his life. Jesus wrestled in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, I am sorrowful unto death. He, was, he, he knew what was going to happen. And he just, not your will. Not, sorry, not my will, but your will be done. They wrestle. And sometimes God chooses us to wrestle. And I find my hardest decisions, I've got to wrestle. It takes days. It can take weeks. And you're just like, oh, God, this is so difficult. We need to wrestle. But we need to trust. We need to decide to trust. This is not resignation. Oh, well. You win, God. Yeah, yeah, here I go. It's not resignation. It's my, I will to do your will. I decide. I decide. Because I trust you. I, it's, a, it's a voluntary decision. Not a, oh, well, here I go. For me, I will. God has a command will in his word. And guys, we have to follow that. He tells us what we must do and what we mustn't do, doesn't he? It's very clear for many things. But what if we should become elders? I can't go to page 335 of the Bible and say, okay, Lainey, you have to become an elder. It doesn't say that, does it? And there's many decisions in life. Where, we ha- where, we, it's, where it's God's planned will. And it's in those we've got to trust him. You don't have to trust him. Do I have to do what it says in the Bible? I'm sorry. You do it. If you're a Christian, you do what it says in the Bible. But his planned will, he gives us a choice. And we wrestle with it. And we trust him. And often it means trashed hopes. Often, often it doesn't go the way we thought it would go. Believe you me, I regret sometimes. I have seasons of regret. Why did we become elders? Seriously. It's so hard sometimes. Oh God, all that I've been through, wouldn't it have been easier not to be an elder? It's hard sometimes. It really is hard. I look at my mum recently had a horrible fall. She's 86. She broke her hip. She's had full hip replaced, 
replacement. They expected her to die. Da, da, da. She's in step down. She loves Jesus. Loved him most since she was whatever. About 20s she became a Christian. And she says to me, I can't hear God. Why has this happened? There's no point in living. Why am I alive? She was down. I'm talking to him, but he's not talking to me. Thank God I was able to encourage her. I said, Mommy is talking to you. He will never stop communicating to you. And you have a purpose. Even in this place, because she kept saying, there's nobody Christian here. I said, That's, well, you can tell them about Jesus. She's getting there. It's very hard. She has a full-time carer now, and it's hard. I don't know how long she's for this world. But she's choosing. She says, God, and she's, <laughs> she's choosing God's way. She's talking to him. She's loving him, and, he's to, and she can hear him. Not because he stopped talking, but the trashed hope of, of walking and all those things blotted her mind from hearing him for a while. I have to say, okay, so we're wrestling, fine. So what are we wrestling for? If it's not going to necessarily be better. <laughs> what the heck are we wrestling for? Why don't we just go with the flow? Make money, do what I want to do, you know, drink, drugs, rock and roll, sex, whatever. Why not? Why not? God loves me anyway. He says his grace is sufficient. What are you wrestling for? And we're not wrestling so that they know, oh, yeah, no, I became an elder. It's so hard. It's just so hard. Oh, you guys, you know, you just don't know how hard it is. That's not what we're wrestling for. <laughs> what did Jesus wrestle for? In the Garden of Gethsemane, what did he wrestle for? Hebrews 12, verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We wrestle for the high vantage point. We wrestle for the high Vantage point. I'm going to lose stuff doing this upside down world. You're going to lose stuff. I assure you, you are going to lose stuff. Maybe God says, no, don't sleep with that boyfriend, girlfriend anymore. That's going to mean lonely nights. He might even kick me out or she. You want me to give up this? You don't want me, Lord, look how much money I'm making. I know it's a little bit, you know. But look, and this is for your kingdom. It's for your kingdom. I'm going to put all the money into your kingdom. We wrestle for God's way, for the high vantage point. Yes, I might not have so much money, but I'm wrestling for the high vantage point. I'm wrestling for, I don't know, even know what that hope is. If I know what that hope is, I'm not submitting. Is, am I? If I know what's on the other side, that's not submitting. 
wrestling for the high place. We wrestle, we trust him, he's God. He gave us the example in incredible love. And we wrestle for the high vantage point. What happens when we live like that? Joy. Real life. Not this fake life. The Tale of Two Cities has a lovely little end to it. When um, the Sydney, the Englishman, is in prison that last night, there's a seamstress there. This is a little seamstress. And she starts chatting to Charles, she thinks, and then she says, but you're not Charles. Who are you? And he says, no, I'm, I've, I've chosen to change places with Charles. And she says, why? He says, well, for him, for his wife, and for his child. And then she starts to tell him how fearful she is of dying the next day. She says, I'm so scared. I don't know if I can do it. Will you hold my hand throughout it? And they go hand in hand to the guillotines. And she's able to face her death. And she keeps her eyes on, on Sydney through the whole way through. Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is walking every moment hand in hand with you. I can't submit. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, with his day by day, moment by moment, when I allow him in, because we do shut him out, we put the boundary, not him. If we sin, we put a boundary. He is there, moment by moment by moment whether it's good, whether it's bad. He is with us. He is in our story. He's not a far distant God. He's here. He's with us. It's going to be hard, guys. We're not going to all work out right here and now submitting regularly, daily, moment by moment, to him, I was telling mom my preacher, this is what I'm going to preach. She says, oh, that lady, it's so hard. <laughs> I said, I know. I'm not pretending, guys. I'm not pretending. But like, we have to, we have to aim high. Don't we have to aim high in God? Not high in anything else. But high in walking his way. Amen. Please let the band just come up. I do believe that all of us can respond to this. Perhaps you've never submitted that once, that first time, to say, Jesus, I am a sinner. I am sorry. Thank you that you paid the price for me. I need you. But I know I need, as I've prepared this, I've, it's been very challenging to the core, and I need to submit more regularly. Because it's, it's a tough world, eh? But God, His way hasn't changed. He's ever-present. 
and he wants to walk with you. He wants to give you the best life you can have. He wants you to be the best version of you that you can be. He loves you. He adores you. He's passionate about you. Overwhelming love. May that be your resounding thought, not, oh, but, oh, the overwhelming love. He's holding your hand. Let's quieten ourselves for a moment. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. The way, the truth, and the life. Man comes to the Father but through me. And he asks us each one to make that fundamental first decision and to tell others about that fundamental first decision. Lord, help me to, to be generous with the love that you have given me, to not just keep it all for myself, but to share it with those in my workplace, those in my suburb, those in my family, anyone who doesn't know you, Jesus, help me to be generous with your love. But Lord, right now we want to think about areas of our lives possibly, times in our lives, stuff we're going through now, we're so hard to submit, Lord God, and you, we've trashed hopes and we just don't see the end of the tunnel. God, you're there. God, you're there. You're holding our hand and you are with us. You are for us. And you want to show us the way. You want to show us the way. In your heart now, you either need to respond perhaps for the first time. Perhaps you need to respond in obedience. God, I'm messing up. I'm doing, I'm not doing what I know I should be. God is quick to forgive, so quick to forgive. Maybe it's just a fresh recommitment to walk his way, holding tightly onto his hand. Come what may. One day to see Jesus face to face. <laughs> and for him to look into our eyes and say, well done, good and faithful servants. Please come forward if you need prayer. Sometimes it's easier to pray with someone. But please do business with God.